0: This is The Antidote with Dave Akins, where Christian music doesn't suck. Hawkins, and thanks for joining The Antidote. You know, it's great when a band comes out with a release that's bound to change the boundaries of a genre. Tonight's guest the metal band Forevermore has done just that with their new release Integral, and our opening song Enterprise comes from that album. Integral is a real game changer. Not only is it great musically, but the topic digs really deep and challenges the listener to consider where they are with society and how it fits into the passage of time Jared Storm lyricist and guitarist of Forevermore joined the antidote for a phone conversation about Integral and explained how the theory of human sociocultural cultural evolution found in Spiral Dynamics shaped the album that's coming up right after our next song Force Fed from the last Forevermore release, tell us Antidote is meeting with Jared Storm of Forevermore. Thanks for taking time for us, Jared. Thanks for having me. Forevermore is on the road touring your new album, Integral, with Darkness Divided and Kingdom of Giants. But, you know, I'm really disappointed that you're not heading up to Canada. This doesn't mean you don't like Canadians, do you?
1: (laughs) Not at all. We've actually, uh, we did a short run up there last year, and it was one of the funnest tours we've done. Like, I love Canada, I love the people up there, um, and I'm sure we'll be pushing to head back there in the near future.
0: We're going to look forward to it. Well, listen, I want to go back to your last album on Tooth & Nail. TELUS was a really solid release, so I was surprised when it didn't seem to get the attention I thought it deserved. Was that disappointing?
1: Um, I thought it did well for us. I mean, it's a... I think it has a lot to do with just the genre we're in, and it's just the our style. I guess it's a very oversaturated uh style of music, and there's just a lot of competition out there it's I think it kind of takes some time to like establish yourself and you know try to stand out from a crowd.
0: No, I hear you as you say, it's tough to compete in that type of a market when so much is happening
1: yeah, sure um. You know, it's just a matter of finding your niche and finding ways to set yourself apart. And, you know, although I was happy with that album, I think with this new album, we've kind of hopefully done a better job at doing that. So we'll see how it goes.
0: I want to bring up a quote from you, Jared, about TELUS, where you had said the concept that the word TELUS encapsulates should prompt us to consider the implications that our fundamental worldview has on these questions and about life's ultimate purpose and to reflect on how they should influence the way we live our lives. Can you also apply that quote to all the music that Forevermore wants to create?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, especially with this new record, I mean, I haven't been super involved with the lyrical content in the past before Telos. Um, but yeah, I think we, are trying to point to issues or topics that are on a deeper level that point to, especially with this new record, sort of the nature of the human condition itself. And, you know, it it does kind of all tie into trying to figure out what our deeper purposes or, you know, why we're here in the first place. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, focusing on maybe more day-to-day sort of issues and things that are kind of more on the surface level. But for me personally, my mind tends to sort of gravitate towards, like, sort of the big picture kind of questions.
0: The outstanding worm tongue from Forevermore's 2014 release, us. mentioning about the new concept album, Integral, it's unusual. I mean, here you've taken the theory of spiral dynamics and turned it into a musical discourse. Can you take a minute to give us an idea of what spiral dynamics is?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, The theory itself gets pretty complicated as you dive into it, but uh, I'll try to just lay out the basic elements. Um, Essentially, spiral dynamics tells us that humans go through a series of stages in our way of thinking, basically our way of looking at the world. So, like, there are these sequence of shifts in our view of reality that we all go through. And this is both on an individual level. Throughout our lives, we can go through these different stages. But back in human history, each of these stages arose one at a time to another stage in our consciousness. Uh, the previous stages remain within us.
0: Okay, so it's just a continuation of what we've been through before, but altering it to current circumstances—is that how it works?
1: Yeah, that's—I'd say that's pretty accurate. So each of the stages has been assigned a color um, that corresponds with that stage in Spiral Dynamics. It's just to make them easier to talk about and to remember. But yeah, each stage is an adaptation to a set of conditions. So the idea is that humanity was moving along in our history and culture changed and technology continued to advance, that we had to adapt new ways of thinking in order to respond to those circumstances. And basically the idea is that these ways of thinking um, are retained in modern-day humans so that we each can go through these series of changes in our ways of thinking as our individual circumstances change.
0: This is almost relating to sort of the psychological sense of what came out of Guns, Germs, and Steel. I'm not sure if you've ever read that.
1: No, I'm not familiar with that.
0: Anyway, it gives it more in the physical aspect of how cultures developed and why some cultures ended up coming at a higher level than others. But this wasn't universal at any one time. This is something that's developed individual societies.
1: So yeah, each stage starts to crop up in like a small number of individual people. And then over time, once it reaches about 10% of the population, the values of that, you know, system or way of thinking start to permeate the culture and spread throughout that entire society. And if the this new way of thinking was adaptive to the new conditions, then it would uh sort of survive and be passed on so it's it's kind of like uh similar to biological and natural selection, but it's in terms of like these means, which are basically units of culture information, so these uh, come about if they are successful at you know spreading and from person to person, then they'll permeate the culture and be passed on. The technology is also uh, like social and cultural features that would have an influence in the changes of our way of thinking. So, population increase in itself uh, would have a play in this. Basically, how the stages progress is in terms of conceptual complexity. So. Each stage is a more complex way of thinking. It's not a better way of thinking or a more intelligent way. It's just it accounting for a wider range of factors and variables. And so technological innovation, as well as, you know, just having to interact with more people on a daily basis and like all of those different changes in human culture made it so that we had to adapt more complex ways of thinking.
0: the Integral album. On Integral, you've chosen to use an immortal character to give a perspective on how our worldview and actions have changed over the millennia. And you started with a song. I'm gonna say this wrong because Canadians pronounce the word differently, but Nasient starts the timeline that you're building on the album. But why was that particular song chosen for the single?
1: Um, a lot of it just had to do with the nature of the concept itself. So it's about these stages or these different colors of consciousness that we move through. And the first song on the record is about the first stage, which is beige. And you know, the record tells the story of this immortal man, this guy who's been granted immortality. So he lives throughout the entirety of human history, starting at you know the very earliest stages, which is the you know the beige stage of consciousness, or the first stage of spiral dynamics. So the song Nascent is basically his perspective within Beige, which is sort of like when humanity was living in a very hunter-gatherer sort of lifestyle, where all you really cared about was trying to survive, like you're just trying to satisfy your basic biological needs of food and water and shelter, warmth, you know, reproduction, just the basic survival needs.
0: About the color aspect, you know, you're representing each of those in the songs. Are these different from what people call personality colors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the major uh, distinctions from spiral dynamics. It's not a typology for categorizing people. Like, colors don't measure intelligence, they don't track very well with personality types. And um, one way of getting at the difference is that like a personality type such as, you know, Myers Briggs or the Enneagram, um, they're sort of horizontal in that as you move throughout your life, you remain within that personality type for the most part. Like you might change as you develop within the type, um, but Dynamics is more of a vertical model in that you move through the stages as you go through your life. So you actually change, um as you move along, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, so this can also be applied both to society and to individuals.
1: Yeah, uh, that's one of the, to me, one of the most fascinating things about it is that these stages of consciousness or these, you know, the colors that represent different ways of thinking, they apply to entire societies of people. And like, when we look back in human history, we see them popping up basically one at a time and they each build on the previous stage, but As we moved along as humans, these different ways of thinking came about one after the other. But then as individual people, we all go through the exact same series of stages. So as an infant, you know, we come into the world within the first stage, which is beige, where, again, we're just mostly concerned with like survival or just we're just being led by instinct and habit by our biological urges. And, you know, as we move through life, we can potentially move through the same Sequence of stages. Okay, well, let's
0: bring it into today's point of view. Where do you see our Western society moving towards on the spectrum of spiral dynamics?
1: So um, let's go back to orange, uh, which is the stage which came about with the Enlightenment. Um, It brought about reasoning and the scientific method. So that came about kind of like in the 1700s with the Enlightenment. And then the next stage was just green. The initial uh, arrival of it was maybe during like the late 1800s, but it really exploded like into culture in the 60s. So, hippie culture has a lot of green in it. Um, you can think of like John Lennon's song "Imagine," you know, sort of those types of values. And so today, like the research that I've heard is that we're at about in like America at least. And it's different in different parts of the world. We're at about 20 to 30% green. Um, And it's the values of green are really dominant in our culture. So even if you're not in green yourself, you're going to be exposed to a lot of green sort of ideas. And the colors after green, which are yellow and turquoise, um, they're just starting to crop up. You know, the estimates are around like one to two percent of the population being in yellow and as low as like 0.1% for turquoise. So they're in the very early stages. One of the interesting ideas or findings is that it seems as though once a population reaches about 10% of like a new color, the values and the ideas of that way of thinking permeate the entire culture. Around the time when the Constitution was written, for example, like those values that the Founding Fathers of America had, like they were thinking in very orange terms, and although still most of the culture was, you know, in some of the earlier stages with the Constitution and with, you know, it reaching that crucial 10%, those values really permeated the entire culture after that. So it's kind of interesting to think about where we might be and where we might be headed, If we're starting to approach that tipping point with, you know, like the newer colors, like yellow, for example, um, you know, some estimates are that we're at as high as like 5% of the population. So within, who knows, maybe within the next decade or two, we could see like that crucial tipping point where it really starts to permeate the entire culture. But again, it's very speculative.
0: Dynamics, which relates that spirituality is about the sense of personal meaning that we can find in every aspect of life. And what about presidential candidates? Do they actually fit anywhere in the spectrum whatsoever?
1: Well, I, it's, it seems to me that this, you know, particular election cycle is somewhat of an anomaly, and that Donald Trump is very much an anomaly, like historically it's been easier to sort of figure out what colors might be at play and the candidates and I think Donald Trump is just kind of breaking all the rules in a lot of ways (laughs) Um, but generally speaking when you look at the left and the right Republicans versus Democrats um, Republicans tend to rest more heavily on blue and orange and Democrats tend to rest much more heavily on just the green system which is really interesting because it starts to explain you know, a lot of the ways that the two sides clash. A lot of it, I think, has to do with these different colors that play in people's minds. But when it comes to, you know, Trump, uh, he definitely has a strong orange sort of like uh, capitalistic sort of. I, I, I would say he's, he's probably mostly orange and blue, but in, in very unique ways. I guess I'll just have to leave it at that. <laughs>
0: Well then, I'd like to hear about Forevermore itself. What color do you think the band represents?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the one of the things. Or that's where you might like
0: to be, I guess that's the other point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's often said that it's extraordinarily easy to misdiagnose yourself, you know, to misplace yourself along the spiral. You know, people tend to think they're. Uh, maybe at the what? What's the newest stage? Oh yeah, that's me. Or you know, if it's depending on the context, no, it's like I'm I'm very broken. I'm down at the bottom, or whatever. Um, but when I look at at myself, bearing in mind that it, I probably can, can't really be very objective, I feel like I'm mostly orange. Like I've seen a lot of green come into play in my life uh, recently. Like um, just with my interests sort of changing. Um, but as a band, I think we're kind of all over the map, but one of the cool things about spiral dynamics is like the model itself is once you start to understand it and learn about it, you can start to integrate some yellow ideas, even without actually fully embodying that state of consciousness. Like, I don't think I'm in yellow by any means, but some of the ideas of yellow, I can sort of understand and get on board with. At least I'd like to think so just from studying Spiral Dynamics. So as a band, I would like to think that, you know, just from studying this, it's given us sort of a broader, deeper perspective um, so that, you know, we could integrate some yellow into whatever color we happen to be in.
0: Personally, I'm not so sure. I agree with Jarrett about what level Donald Trump has actually reached on the Spiral Dynamics scale. And since I've never been considered as being diplomatic, I've chosen a Forevermore song that I think is a better fit for Trump's intentions. From the Spiral Dynamics Red Level comes Overlord.
1: Hey, this is Jared from Forevermore and you're listening to The Antidote. I
0: I've been spending all this time talking about the theme of integral what about the connection between the lyrics and the music itself
1: yeah so um, stylistically we I mean it's a very subjective thing but we sort of tried to pick songs that fit the vibe of the color to some extent it's hard to even explain, like, how you do that. Uh, I mean, the, the first song on the record, for example, is one of the most intense and heavy and relentless songs, which we thought fit well with sort of the very relentless and harsh lifestyle of, like, early beige humans. So there are ways that, like, the, the music itself lended itself to certain colors over others in our mind. Well, I think
0: the most interesting thing with integral is that it has so much more depth than releases from most artists that I hear. So I'm really interested oh, thank in you. He- Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm really interested in hearing what you think, Jared. Like is music in general lacking intelligent lyrics?
1: Um, I think there it depends on what you listen to, I guess. I think probably the majority, you know, what what sort of appeals to the broadest audience Might be something that's more surface level. Um, But I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with that. Like, I mean, when you think of it from a spiral dynamics perspective, like Katy Perry, for example, like with her song, You're going to Hear Me Roar, I think that is appealing to younger kids looking to express their red. They're looking to sort of establish their ego and their self confidence and their individuality. And so it's like, she's writing songs that are appropriate for the, you know, stages of development that they're in. So I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with that. Um, But I do think there might be lacking uh, music out there or content, which caters to maybe more of like a more complex sort of way of looking at the world. And I don't think we're alone. I think it's, it's actually a trend that's happening with like bands, especially in the metal genre, sort of, tackling these uh, sort of deeper issues. I think a band's like uh, our label mate Silent Planet. I think they have some pretty deep and intelligent stuff going on with their, you know, lyrics and their message. And there's some other bands out there like Architects is another one that comes to mind. So, yeah, I don't think we're alone in trying to sort of delve deeper.
0: But you picked about the only two that I could think of that were actually doing that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, that might be a good point. That, like off the top of my head, those are the two that stand out to me, but I'm sure there's more. <music>
0: A beautifully rich and smooth Pandemica, with its view of the turquoise level. And that little speaks about becoming attuned to the balance of intertwined life forces and its spiritual connectivity. I don't think there's any question that this is a really deep topic to cover from a musical angle. And I know personally, I'm still trying to make sense of it all. But by being willing to draw from such an interesting issue, it looks like Forevermore is ready to create music that will make an impact. Okay, next time on The Antidote, the Australian threesome, The Quick and the Dead, come for a talk about their upcoming self-titled release. They have a cool sound which has been described as uh, southern folk rock with a side-serving of blues. Be sure to tune in for our exclusive first listen to the album in our talk with the quick and the dead. For tonight though, Jared Storm of Forevermore is coming back to answer whether fans are ready to accept a release like Integral and we will close with the title track. Enjoy this and have a great week. What about your fans or newcomers to Forevermore? They're going to listen to Integral. Do you think they're going to be able to absorb all of what you're trying to get across?
1: Well, I... I like to think that although spiral dynamics is very complex, when you like dive into the gritty details, I think the gist of it is something that most people can grasp and that most people will find interesting. You know, I've explained it to a lot of different people, uh, with a, you know, a wide range of like interests and just like the basic idea that, you know, the human mind changes over time and there are these colors that we all move through, and like when you start to describe what they're like, and people see, oh yeah, I see that going on in the world. I think that is interesting to a lot of people. And so I'd like to think that even for someone who, like maybe it's too esoteric for their taste, um, that they can still get something out of it. But I guess that sort of remains to be seen.
0: I think Forevermore is sort of putting itself in a difficult spot. You know, this is your fourth album and I guess every album is a stepping stone for a band, but how are you going to top what you've done with Integral?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that a little bit, like we can't really take a step back from here, like whatever we do next, uh, you know, for the people that we we hope to gain interest from, like, you know, the kind of people who are uh, looking to, like, dive in deep with something, we're going to have to come up with something that sort of allows for that, but I think it'll be a fun challenge.
0: Okay, you know, this has been a really heavy talk, so it's time to lighten things up a bit. Um, Who's the worst band member in Forevermore to tour with?
1: The worst band member to tour with? Oh man, you're really putting me on the spot here. I am. (laughs) Huh. You know, I mean, this probably sounds like a cop-out, but, uh, like, we all get along really well, and I think that's a big part of the reason why we've Stuck around is that we don't really butt heads too much. Um, I will say that Kramer is a very smelly guy a lot of times, and he's a messy guy. Like I love Kramer, and he makes us all laugh, but he's kind of messy, and that gets on my nerves a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to trash anybody any further than that.
0: Okay, well, listen, seriously, thanks for this talk, Jared, and have a great tour.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it.